We hope you're blessed and encouraged by the following study from Calvary Chapel, Elmani. It's our simple prayer that you would grow stronger and deeper in an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Should you have any questions, please feel free to contact us here at Calvary Chapel, Elmani. And today, uh, what I wanted to do, I feel like the Lord is just saying, uh, before it's too late, to kind of begin to get our eyes on the Lord for Christmas season. I know we're already starting up doing a lot of things, and uh, I, you're seeing the decorations, you're hearing the songs. Uh, how many of you here are buying the gifts? Uh, yeah, you're probably doing that. You know, and, uh, and I'll share this with you guys. Uh, recently, I, uh, I had a birthday, and it was cool. It was cool because I got a lot of uh, text messages and Facebook messages and uh, um, even got to spend some time with some friends and, uh, and even got some gifts, to be honest with you. And it, it was kind of cool because uh, birthdays are like, I guess you could say, our reason or opportunity to celebrate someone's life, you know. And so when you get my age, you realize it's not really about the gifts, huh? As a matter of fact, how many of you here, you know, we're older now, and I'm speaking primarily to the older generation, you kind of don't want a gift, huh? You're like, man, I, I feel bad. I feel bad that, you, you know, you spent $25, $30, $40 on me. I have everything. I, I don't really need anything. But, you know, they do it anyways, and uh, you appreciate it. But the most thing that I think that we appreciate when it comes to birthdays and things like that is just our friends, our companions, and the love that they have. And, and so when I think of Christmas, uh, I, I believe that in many ways, you know, that's what the Lord wants, you guys. We, we get to celebrate His birthday, the day that we uh, uh, acknowledge uh, that God came to earth. And we know He was conceived nine months earlier but the day that he was born. And that's what this is all about. And so I just thought, you know, let's get ready for that. We got this week we'll be in Luke. Lord willing, next week we'll be in Matthew uh, when the angel appears to Joseph. And then on our Christmas service, we'll actually uh, be in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus is born. But let's get our hearts ready. Uh, uh, One of the other things I'll confess to you is that I'm a procrastinator. And uh, how many of you here are like that? Not that many. Isn't it terrible to be a procrastinator? Uh, I'm just really trying so hard to change. And so pray for me in that area. But, you know, it's a terrible thing to be a procrastinator when it comes to birthdays, huh? You know, like when you know when someone's birthday's coming up, you know, you, you know, start thinking about, okay, you know, what are you going to get them? What kind of card? Or, or is it going to be like, you know, one of those cheap cars? Are you going to get a good card? And, you know, are you going to make it a special day? And I think that, that for Christmas, now we have a few weeks or whatever to make that day a special day. And in this Christmas party, to invite, I guess you could say, as many people uh, to celebrate Christ's birth as we can. And so let's do this together. In Luke 1, I want to read in verse 26 this uh, story. It says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, 
Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know, a lot of theologians, many teachers will tell you that up to this point, there's been 400 years of silence. They'll take you back to the book of Malachi and they'll say that God hasn't really spoken in a formal way for 400 years. Now, for close to 4,000 years, they've been waiting for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the Christ, you know. And it's important, I think, to have that backdrop when you celebrate Christmas because even today, as we're expecting the Lord to come, we have that anticipation within us. We see, in one sense, the signs around us. We know Jesus is coming, right? That's kind of how they were in those days. They were expecting the Messiah to come. And so that's where they were, but, you know, 400 years of silence. And then the day comes. God speaks again. God sends an angel. If you read Luke 1, first he sends him to Zacharias, and, and then we see here now God speaks uh, to Mary. God is now going to speak in a wonderful way, in a miraculous way, and here we see he sends an angel. The angel's name is Gabriel. First he sent him to Zacharias in Jerusalem uh, to tell him that his wife Elizabeth, they were going to have a son, even though they were well beyond childbearing years. And then six months later, here we read that God sends that same angel, Gabriel, to a, think about this, a teenage girl, a teenage girl named Mary in Nazareth, that she's going to have a baby, even though she's never been with a man. And so in one sense, when you look at this, it's interesting, one set of parents are too late and the other kind of are too early. But the thing is, and we read it there in verse 37, it doesn't matter because with God, nothing will be impossible. Now, some might even look at the Lord coming today. I don't know if he's going to come. Oh, he's going to come. Because with God, nothing will be impossible. You know, we see the first child, John, would grow to be the most famous forerunner, the most prominent prophet and point man to the second child who would come, and that is Jesus, who we're going to read about and we saw there in verse 32, notice he's identified as the son of the highest. He's the king whose kingdom will have no end, we read in verse 33. Think about that. And he's the son of God. 
We read in verse 35. And so here in verse 26, it says it's the sixth month, and that's undoubtedly in reference to the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. We read that specifically in verse 36. And God sends Gabriel to the city of Galilee, uh, the city of Nazareth within Galilee. Now, I don't know if you guys are interested in this, but to me it's always fascinating. Angels are mentioned 226 times in the Bible, uh, constantly doing the work of the Lord, 23 times in the book of Luke, but only, only two angels are mentioned by name in the Bible. That is Michael, and the other is Gabriel. Now, Gabriel is mentioned four times in the Bible, um, back in Daniel 8.26 and 9.21, and then Luke 1.19 and here as well. And so here, Gabriel is sent to Nazareth, and uh, it's a town in the region of Galilee, located just north of, if you were to look at a map, you would say Jerusalem down here, that's Judea, then Samaria, and then north uh, in Galilee. It's about 15 miles west of the Sea of Galilee. He sends him to Nazareth, and, and then here's where it gets interesting, because Nazareth had a bad reputation. It really did. If you read John 1, 45 through 46, it says, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so he was pretty excited to tell him that. But, you know, he's all, Jesus of Nazareth. He's all, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth had a bad reputation but here we see Gabriel is sent there. But when he goes, let's to say his windows are up, his doors are locked, and he's packing, man, because it's a really bad place. And I think that when you start looking at the Christmas story and you begin to put things together, a teenage girl, she's not married, goes to Nazareth, a place that has a real bad reputation. You know, I just think it's kind of funny that his mom was from Nazareth, and then later when Jesus was born, he would grow up in Nazareth. We read that in Matthew 2, 23, and Luke 4, 16. I wonder if anyone here has grown up in a rough neighborhood. <laughs> you know, I want you to know that Jesus knows all about that. That's, that's the Lord, man. That's, that's God himself. He came. And we see right here that the angel was not simply sent to a city. He was sent to a citizen of that city. Notice again there in verse 27, to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, normally, I don't know about you guys, uh, but I think you probably would all agree, normally when we describe, when we describe a woman, we don't normally begin by describing her as a virgin. You know, we don't normally do that, right? Um, but in this case, what we find in the Bible is the reason for that is because it's God's emphasis. And we're going to see in going through this that the writer is starting to now push his point that this is not just any man. This is not just, uh, you know, someone conceived by natural means. This would be the Son of God conceived supernaturally. I mean, when was the last time you heard of a baby being born of a virgin, right? It doesn't happen except for in the case of Jesus. And that was him. That's what happened. 
It was something predicted, in case you're interested, 4,000 years ago in the book of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. That was a prophecy of the virgin birth. And then the one I think we're more familiar with is Isaiah 7, verse 14. 700 years before Jesus was born, the Bible says, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel. Now Matthew comments on that. In chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, do you guys know what that means? God with us. See, now, now you're talking. Now you're talking. I mean, it's not just, you know, Manny's birthday or, or, or someone else's birthday. Now you're talking about a real reason to, you know, not procrastinate the way that you want to celebrate. Now you're talking about something extremely amazing and special because it was a virgin and the reason that it had to be a virgin is because it had to be miraculous it had to be supernatural the reason is because it was god who came to earth and it wasn't just god who came to earth emmanuel means god with us and nothing would ever be the same after this he would change everything you see and that's what, that's what Christmas is all about. You know, Christmas is God with us. Christmas is Emmanuel. You know, Luke, I love Luke. It gives us a detailed account so we can know ever so clearly all the things that, that led up to Christmas, the birth of Christ, which is, uh, I think, the reason, you know, for the season. And we have kind of like two big uh, holidays for Christmas, right? I mean, for Christians. We have Easter and we have Christmas. And and it's kind of cool because when you read the Bible, it doesn't necessarily say like to the Old Testament Jews, well, I want you to take some time and, you know, do this uh, feast day. In the Old Testament, they had the mandatory uh, celebrations. For us, it, it wasn't mandatory. It was voluntary, though. And so even though we're not obligated to do this, we're free. We are free to take some time, you know, a few weeks, even though it's something we kind of acknowledge every day, but not the way that we're doing it now. We're free to celebrate the fact that, that God has come to us, you know? I mean, that's the reason. It's why you're going shopping, spending all that money. Some people will tell you, don't do it. They'll tell you, don't spend the money. I say, spend the money, man. But, but don't, of course, don't get into debt or anything. Well, maybe just a little bit. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you were kids, didn't you love opening those gifts? I mean, wasn't there something special about that? And you see the, you, you wanted the train set, and, you're, and I'm a kid, and I'm looking at that gift under the tree. I'm thinking, that's a train set. I know it is. And just to make sure, I kind of open it up a little bit before... <laughs> time you know um i mean i remember getting this the different gifts throughout the years and so maybe for us that are older it's not uh, as much you know maybe some socks and if you know what i mean we get things like that that's okay but for the kids you know making it special for them because there is something about that that is symbolic of the fact that god gave us the bible says an indescribable gift god gave us you know his son 
And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. And I think it's great to do that. Even though I know some people, they get, they kind of get down during the holiday seasons because maybe uh, there's a lot of reasons. Maybe their loved one's not here or just different things and my heart goes out to you. But I do encourage you to encourage yourself in the Lord and to know this truth and try to enter in, try to get your eyes on him and just let it really, everything you're doing, just make sure you, you're, you're just saturating it with the true meaning of why you're celebrating. It's why you're shopping and spending money and wrapping gifts and making cookies and making tamales and decorating the house and the lights here and the lights there and you're playing certain songs and you're singing certain songs and you're hearing certain songs and all the other traditions, they really do, yeah, they have the potential to be distractions, but they don't have to be because if we celebrate the Savior in the midst of all these things and they can actually be instruments of spiritual inspiration and edification with the truth that not only did an angel come to a poor teenager on the wrong side of town, but God would be coming to all the people on planet earth to save us from all of our sins. And I, and I find myself, you know, as a Christian man, still I, I mess up. I still struggle and then, you know, what I'll do usually, or I don't know if it's the enemy or me, but what I usually do when I mess up is I beat myself up. I condemn myself. And, you know, I think, Lord, man, I should be, you know, better by now. I should have arrived by now. And I'll never give up. But then the Lord always reminds me, yeah, but that's why I came. It's not like before you're a Christian, you sin, and then after a Christian, you never do. After you become one, we still fall short, but we're covered with the blood of Jesus. And we have good days and bad days. Just never give up. You know, the other day was Friday, and I was having one of those bad days. It's like everything, it seemed like everything, you know, that could go wrong was going wrong. What do they call it? Murphy's Law? Or, or Manny's Law, one of those two. I'm not sure. You know, I was just having a bad day. And, and then it was Friday night, and, and they had the softball game, you know, the Calvary Chapel Almani softball game. And I've been playing, you know, for the team because they were really desperate. And, uh, and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go because I was having a bad day. But I said, you know what, I'm part of the team, and I made a commitment. And even though I don't want to go, I got to go. So I went, and, and all my failure, and I tell you what, it was awesome. It was awesome to be, not that I hit a home run or anything. It's not that. It was awesome to be able to minister to guys there that were struggling, minister to guys that, that were needed spiritual counsel. Ministering even to, and I'll share this with you, to God all be all the glory, right? Because I am such a wretched man, but there were six young guys there. There were young high school guys that were watching, that were interested in playing, that were ripe. They were ripe for salvation. And so, you know, I just had the blessing of being able to go up and talk to them about the Lord and about Jesus Christ. And, man, they were just so ready to receive the gospel of Christ. And they all prayed to receive Jesus that night. And it's like another reminder, the Lord is saying, well, it's not like you're worthy, you're ever going to be worthy. I, I, I cover you with my grace so that you can 
have life. And you just go out and you live life, right? And that's why, that's why Jesus came. You know, we see this story here, and Luke is really, he's trying to tell us a, a lot of things, but really, you know, just making sure that it's crystal clear that the one who was born on that night, he was, he was God. Um, you know, everybody knew probably that Mary and Joseph were engaged. Look what it says in verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. You know, they, they were betrothed. And in, in those days, betrothal was kind of like an engagement to be married. Uh, as a matter of fact, up until about the 11th century A.D., uh, marriages had two stages, the betrothal, followed about a year later by the marriage ceremony itself. Um, and it was more binding than an engagement. Uh, the betrothal committed a man and woman to each other. But here's the thing. When you're betrothed, the marriage itself was not consummated. It wasn't consummated until after the wedding ceremony. And so that's why it could only be broken by a certificate of divorce. And so, you know, Luke is making it clear right here uh, who this angel is coming to. Mary, betrothed, but not actually married. Mary, who has not consummated the marriage. Mary, who is a virgin. An angel comes, and he comes with a message. You know, undoubtedly, and you guys know this about angels, I, I wish more pastors were like angels. I wish I was like an angel. But can you imagine how impeccably an angel would speak the message of God? I mean, the perfect message of God, right? This angel who stands in the presence of God, according to Luke one nineteen, relayed only the very words of God. Notice what he says to her. He says, rejoice in verse 28. And I, and I just want to pause there for a second because I was thinking that's Christmas in one sense. It's just joy. It should be anyways, you know? I wanted to sing that song to you, joy to the world, but I, will, I won't do it. But I want to just sing it, joy, joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's what he says to Mary, the first words, rejoice, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you, blessed are you among women. Right there where it says highly favored one, that Greek word is used only one other time in the Bible in Ephesians 1 verse 6 where we read that God made us accepted. Rejoice, highly favored one. God has made you accepted. God has accepted you. He's with you. The Lord is with you. And blessed are you among women. Now it's interesting to me for, you know, when you read the Bible... Usually when people see angels, they're afraid by what they see. But for whatever reason, Mary's tripping out on something else. Look at verse 29. It says, when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. And consider what manner of greeting this was. She wasn't like tripping out at what she saw. She was tripping out on what she heard. And maybe, just maybe, you trip out on that too. You're like, man, how could God accept me? Highly favored one? Blessed? Me? Yes, you. 
And, that, and that, I think it's cool the way that Mary was tripping out on that. I mean, you know, how many of you feel like this? I wonder how many of us feel that way. Not only maybe, you know, you're unworthy, but it just even just the fact that I'm just a normal person. I'm just a, an average guy. I'm regular. Uh, maybe you can identify with the fact that you're poor. I won't have you raise your hand. I'm just a, a average, regular, poor teenage girl. I live in a crazy neighborhood. I mean, there's never been anything special about me. Now the angel's coming to me and he says this, I, I don't get it. That's kind of what she's saying. It kind of reminds me of that scene in the Chronicles of Narnia. I don't know if you guys remember at the end of uh, the, I think it was the third one, where the mouse is promoted. Do you guys remember that? The little mouse and, uh, and King Aslan is empowering him and promoting him and the mouse objects and he says, Sire, I'm not worthy. I don't consider myself to be worthy to which the king says, and it's for that reason you are, right? That's kind of where Mary is. And, and then if those words hadn't been enough, we get to the meat of the message from the messenger. And, and this is what I want to leave you guys with. The, the who of Christmas, I guess you could say, and the how. Notice in verse uh, 30, says, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. You know, I want you to know who's going to be born that day. It begins with with the who, and it's just a wonderful reason to rejoice. Uh, you know, a few things about the Lord on Christmas. Number one is his humanity, uh, his humanity. It says right there that, that she would bring forth a son. And this is why Mary had to be involved, make no mistake about it. You know, because you got to know this, because the church councils throughout the history, they would address these issues. Can some people denied uh, the deity of Christ? And some people denied the humanity of Christ. And we got to know, according to the scriptures, that Jesus was 100% man. He was a man. He was born to teach us the way. He was born to show us the way. He was born to be the way when he died on the cross, uh, John fourteen six, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you go over to Hebrews, um, we'll turn over to a couple of scriptures real quick. Hebrews chapter 4. And look what it says in verse 15. For we do not have a high priest, and this is speaking of Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. See, God became a man you know, to teach us the way, to show us the way. And, and, and as he was a man, he went through everything that, that we went through. You know, he went through uh, all the temptations, all the frustrations that we went through. We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with us. He can't empathize with us. He has no clue what you're going through. I mean, no matter what it is, no matter what you're facing, I don't know what you would call it necessarily, but I, I do know this. 
that God knows exactly what you're going through. He knows how you feel. He was tempted in all points. But the difference between you and him is that he never sinned. And so when you're there and you're facing those temptations and those frustrations, this is what it says. It says, verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, God became a man, 100% man, to go through all the things that we go through and be tempted in all the ways that we're tempted so that when we're there in that very situation, he will tell you exactly, exactly how not to sin. He will tell you, he will give you the grace that you need to overcome. Isn't that cool? when I think of the Lord coming for that reason and to help me, because I, I want to change. And I want to become a man of God. And the only way I'll become a man of God is if I really go to the Son of God. You see, we got to know Jesus 100% humanity. And then secondly, uh, 100% deity. 100% deity. That's who he is. He's called the Holy One. We're going to see in verse 35, the Son of God. That's what Christmas is. You know, Jesus came. He wasn't 50% man and 50% God. He was 100% man, 100% God. John 1.1, you guys know the scripture. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 14, and the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us. See, 100%. Romans 1, 3 and 4 says the same thing. Romans chapter 9, verse 5. Let me read that one to you. It says, Of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came. So according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. So 100% man, 100% God. That's who came to planet Earth. You know, I, I like that song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. It's called This Baby. And I'll just read you the lyrics. It says, you know, about Jesus when he was born. Because, uh, you know, some people wonder. I wonder if Jesus ever, like, you know, had acne or, you know, <laughs> smelled or, you know, things like that. And, yeah, of course he went through all the things that we went through. It says, well, he cried when he was hungry, did all the things that babies do. He rocked and he napped on his mother's lap and he wiggled and giggled and cooed. There were the cheers when he took his first step and the tears when he got his first teeth. Almost everything about this little baby boy seemed as natural as it could be. And this baby grew into a young boy who learned to read and wrestle with dad. There was the climbing of trees and the scraping of knees and all the fun that a boy is born to have. He grew taller and some things started changing like his complexion and the sound of his voice. There was work to be done as a carpenter's son and all the neighbors said, such a fine boy. But we know now, this is outside the song, that he was more than a boy, right? This baby was God the Son. This baby was like no other one. This baby named Jesus, let's just say this, is worthy of all the fuss for this baby is God. And and when we celebrate this, you guys, I think it's important for us to know his humanity. 
And you could do like a hundred million studies on that and, and his deity. And we could just camp out on that forever. And then the third thing is, is his royalty. Look again at verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and, and bring forth a son. He shall call his name Jesus. And we'll, we'll study that more next week, Lord willing. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And here's the, the royalty. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. If I don't know, I, I wonder, like, if you guys ever think about this, but you probably don't. Like, if you could get any gift for Christmas, what would you get? You're thinking a Hummer, right? Thinking a house. You're thinking that job or or maybe even that girl, <laughs> that guy. I don't know. Uh, I know a billion dollars. I, I don't know. Just thoughts go through our head. Lord, I would give it all to you, right? But you know, for Christmas, uh, we got we got Jesus. We already we got him. And it's like every year. We have to remind ourselves of this. And, and here's where it really comes into play when it comes to the king, the monarchy, the royalty. This was the expectation of that generation. They were living on that brink. They were waiting. They were waiting. They were waiting for their king. They were expecting the king to come. They called him the Messiah. They called him the Christ, the anointed one, the one that would really set them free. Right. And that's where they were living in. And so it's kind of like, you know, I don't know how it would work for you, but let's just say there was something you really, really wanted more than anything else. And picture yourself maybe being a little younger, you know, and you want this so bad. And then and then here comes like kind of like the angel comes and he says, this is the gift. You unwrap it and it's exactly what you wanted. Can I just say this? Mary wanted this. We're going to see later, Mary was godly. Even though she was just a teenager, she was a godly young woman who knew the scriptures so well, who believed the word of the angel, who would go and help her, you know, relative Elizabeth for three months while she's pregnant. That's the type of woman that, that Mary was. And she wanted this. It was the gift. And so when the angel comes and says, basically, here's where we're just, you know, where I think it comes clear. Because to say that he's the son of the highest, it's not as clear. Even to say that his, you know, name is going to be Jesus, it's not as clear. But when you tell me, okay, he's the one who's going to rule. He's the one who's going to give to have the throne of his father, David. I could just picture her now just like jumping through the ceiling and say, yay, the Messiah, the, the one that we've been waiting for is coming. So excited. It would be the equivalent of us one day when we're going to see Jesus coming. And imagine us when we get raptured. And I don't know for sure how it's going to be when we get raptured, but maybe we're going to be flying through the sky, you know, or maybe we're just going to be there. I don't know, but let's just say it is flying through the sky. 
Okay, so we're all flying through the sky. We're being transformed in the twinkling of an eye. It's like we're on our way. When that moment happens, we'll realize that Jesus has come again. Well, that's where she, that's the moment that she's living in right now. That the Messiah is coming. And she was so blessed. This is the news. You know, the Jews had been waiting. The Jews had been expecting. Um, we read it throughout the scriptures. And so many times, Genesis 49, verse 10, how the, the scepter would not depart from the tribe of Judah until Shiloh comes. And you read it in 2 Samuel 7, verse 12 and 13. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. And he shall build a house from my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. You know, on Thursday nights, we're going to go over different passages. Different guys are going to be sharing scriptures on Christmas. One of them they're going to share on is Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it, and establish it. We see the same thing throughout the scriptures. Another really cool scripture is in Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6. This is what it says. It says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will raise to David a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness, or also known as Jehovah to Sidkenu. And he's talking about, and you read throughout the Old Testament, and they're just talking about the coming king. One day the king will set up his kingdom. And that's really what, what, what Jesus is. You see, I think it's important for us as we're buying those gifts, as we're doing these things, as we're entering into these days, I pray that the Holy Spirit would just constantly bombard us with this Bible truth that this is all about God coming, God becoming a man, and God willing to, to rule and reign, we're going to see for a thousand years on planet Earth, and then in the new kingdom forever and ever and ever. You know? And that it's important for us to know the, the who and I, and I think, real quick, I think it's important for us to know the how. Look at verse 34. Mary said to the angel, how? <laughs> how can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. I mean, it's, it's, it's just going to be supernaturally divine. It's going to be a miracle. All the Trinity is mentioned here. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. You know, and God is just going to overshadow her. The word, it, it really means the presence of God. It's applied in the Old Testament for when they would go into the holy place. It speaks of the presence of God, the tabernacle, the temple, in one sense, Mary's womb became the holy of holies for the Son of God. And, 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 and God said, and just in case you're, you're wondering, 
you go visit your relative Elizabeth, and who knows, maybe she's 75, 80 years old, you know, imagine that. You're going to see that she's pregnant. And it's kind of like a, a little sign for you, an encouragement, a faith booster to you to say that as you see her pregnant, you're pregnant too. Because nothing's impossible with God. God is able to do this. You know, and of course we see that throughout the scriptures, how God gave similar words to Abraham when he announced the birth of Isaac in Genesis eighteen fourteen, that our God can do anything. We read that in Genesis eighteen fourteen. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And the Bible says that Sarah would have a son. And so nothing's impossible, right? Nothing's impossible. So how did this happen? Well, it happened It happened with God. But you know what? Let me leave you guys today with, with this. It, it's not just God. And that's where I think some people, they, they might fall short. They think, well, if God's going to do it, then you know God's going to do it. And they believe in what we call human sovereignty, I mean divine sovereignty. But you got to understand that Throughout the Bible, there's always human responsibility. And, and that's where we close with, I think, in this right here. In verse 38, Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You know what? What I want to do, I'm not, I can't have babies. I, I thank God I, I can't have babies. The, the Lord knows guys are, are kind of not able to bear the pain, huh? But I can, in, in, in this sense, I can take Jesus to people. I can bring Jesus to people. Just like Mary did, kind of. She carried Jesus to the world. We can do this. Well, divine sovereignty, man, it's going, to be the, the, it's going to be just providence. No, it's not just divine sovereignty. It's human responsibility. It's obedience. And out of all the women in the world, I'm not saying that, that, that necessarily, you know, Mary was, she wasn't perfect. We know that everybody has sin. But I tell you what, God found somebody. <laughs> God found somebody that he can entrust his son with. You ever think about that? You ever fathom that thought? I mean, for those of us here, we wouldn't even let certain people, you know, 99% of the people babysit our kids. But every once in a while, you, you find somebody you know. They're trustworthy. Mary... And we don't venerate her. We don't pray to her. She's not co-redeemer or co-redemptrix. But don't miss the lesson. Mary was a maidservant of the Lord. She was a maidservant. And and what, what, I, what I see, just in closing you guys today, is I see even though at a tender age, a very godly young woman, that that loved the Lord and that God was able to use to bring his son into this world. You know, I mean, when we look at this, what do we find? There's going to be some questions. You're pregnant? 
How'd you get pregnant? You guys know, right? Oh, yeah, God gave me. God, this is God's baby. Now, how many people are going to believe that? You're going to get criticized. You're going to get ostracized, which is exactly what happened. It cost her a lot. But she was willing. She was submissive. And what we find right here is an absolute surrender. Warren Worsby said this, Mary's believing response was to surrender herself to God as his servant. She experienced the grace of God and believed the word of God, and therefore she could be used by the Spirit of God to accomplish the will of God. A handmaid was the lowest kind of female servant, which shows how much Mary trusted in God and belonged to him, body, soul, and spirit. And you read that when you read later her, her prayer. It's just absolutely beautiful. And so, you know, for us, I pray that we would take all these things to heart and be stirred up. Man, this Christmas season is a great time for you to be able to tell people, hey, you know, isn't it cool that, that, that Jesus was born? Isn't it cool, the whole reason for the lights and the gifts? And you can just spark up a conversation with anyone. And like those young guys I was talking to the other day, they were like all so open. They were all ripe and ready. But they had just never really heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And maybe God will use you, right, to bring the gospel. I don't know about you, but... You know, every time you think of, you know, see a baby born, isn't it awesome? You guys like to see that? I mean, every single baby, right? Every single pregnancy has a purpose. Every single conception has a calling. Every single delivery has been delivered to us with a destiny. Every single child that's born, right? But this child, this baby, you know, he came to die that, that we might live. He was born that we might be born again. And he was delivered that we might be delivered from our sins. Isn't that cool? <laughs> Tell you what, it's a reason to celebrate. And I pray that we would keep Christ in the center of this season, you guys. And if you don't know Jesus... You know, you got to know that, that that's the whole reason he came to, to save you so that you can know him. And the Bible says that we've all sinned. We fall short of the glory of God. And I think we all know that, right? That we're all sinners. But those sins, they separate us from God. And so God, he said, man, I, I, I don't want to be separated from you. And so the father sent his son. We talked a lot about that on Thursday night. What an amazing thought to die for us on the cross. And he died and was put in a grave, but he conquered death. He rose three days later. And the Bible says that if you turn from your sins, if you repent and receive Christ, just all you got to do, you receive him as Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. It's not a ceremony. It's not a church. It's not a religion. It's not your goodness. It's just you giving your life to Jesus Christ, you giving your heart, you trusting in Jesus, and you'll be saved. Lord, we thank you so much for loving us and for your word, Lord. As we enter into this season, I pray, Father, that you would bless your people, 
And I, and I know a lot of people here, they already know you. And I know, Lord, a lot of people here, they love you so much. They love you, and I see it in them. And I'm so blessed by that. I pray, Lord, that, that those of us who know you and love you would be stirred up to go out and, and to just keep you in the center of our celebration and to tell others about what's really going on. But Lord, I just pray, just in case there are any here today who don't know you or maybe are, are not saved, God, that today would be the day. Lord, please save them. Lord, today in their hearts, work in their heart, make the gospel clear to them. And I pray for any who are struggling here today, who, who maybe they, they don't realize how highly favored they are, how much you love them, how they are accepted. And for whatever reason, that's holding them back. I pray they would enter in to the just the fact that when you gave your son, you gave forgiveness. And you gave not only uh, forgiveness and, and, and power over the penalty of sin, but even victory over the power of sin. So Lord, I pray, help us to live victorious, Christian life. Give us power. Power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged by this study. If you have any questions, please call us at Calvary Chapel El Monte at air code 626-454-3414. Remember that Jesus loves you.